What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? If you love being in a girl group, this is totally for you. Some people call us overwhelming. Love it or leave it, we don't care. No, but we want you here. Welcome to you in the bus. I'm Colleen. I'm Ashley. What are you sipping on? Okay, let me tell you what I'm sipping on. I'm sipping on my second 10-barrel brewing company lager. Mm. It's delicious. Yeah. What's the alcohol uh, percentage on that, baby? Well, let me see. I mean, I think it's pretty Sometimes low, right? it says. Loggers are usually it? low. I'm going to guess a 4.6. Five. Oh. Five. Yeah. Great. You're right in there. You're right in there. What are you sipping on, Ash? Okay, guys. Someone messaged me and told me about this non-alcoholic beer company that actually tastes like beer. And it's called Bravus, I think is how you say it. I don't know. B-R-A-V-U-S, Bravus Brewing Company. And they specialize in non-alcoholic beer. Show me about another one too, but they were sold out online. So I bought from this one. And um, she said she found hers at a like specialty liquor store or something. She lives in Lake Tahoe. But I just went online because I didn't want to go be searching around for it. And they have an IPA that tasted really good it's not like crazy it smells really it's kind of like your flavored water you know your salt mm. where it's like on the nose you're like whoa this is an ipa this but then the flavor great it doesn't yeah. smack you in the mouth but it was it was good and then they had an oatmeal stout that was delicious and then i just mm. opened up this amber non-alcoholic and? and it's great actually it's really great so yeah. those of you that are you know, I, I mean, I guess if you're an alcoholic, you can't have any alcohol. And this says contains less than 0.5%. So like kombucha, you know, if you're like an alcoholic, I don't think yeah. you can have kombucha and stuff like that. But if you just don't like to drink or you are not drinking right now for some reason, like you're pregnant or whatever, then check out Bravis Brewing. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. I craved beer so much when I was pregnant. And I never liked beer before. And I was surprised when I went to bars how many times I'd ask, like, do you have a non-alcoholic beer? And they did. Yeah. And it would quench the thirst. It's it's not. Well, I'm more of a beer snob than you. Yes, you are. So they're they're usually lighter beers. And so then you're probably like, okay, this is good. But I like like more intense, like, like I like IPAs and pale ales and stuff and and I wanted like the cold I wanted the smell and the mm-hmm. flavor and I wanted the ritual of feeling like I was able to partake in it and you got so that it hit all those things but yeah that's awesome and you yeah. got the cold can yeah you the know cold, you got the, the cold because well, she said summer night she likes beer and she's like it was great like when I went camping and I yeah. wanted to feel like I was partaking you know right and it does feel like I'm yeah. drinking beer right now like I feel like I'm in it so okay, and I guess I am drinking beer. It's just non-alcoholic. It's not going to give you a hangover. But what but else we have will? One. Yeah, what else gave um, us one already? Okay, so we have three topics. Oh my gosh! I when you went over the enneagram stuff, yes, I gotta admit it was a lot for me to yeah, process. Yeah, you know, because I was, I was about really. That. Well, no, 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 no. It was great. But for me, I was like, what am I? You know, and then I found I'm a seven. So I've got this new right. identity mm-hmm. and I was really trying to process all of it. Since the episode, mm-hmm. I have done a deep dive. <gasps> have you? I still don't know my subtype. 
I got the funniest message from a SIP squad member that was like, I'm also a seven and don't know my subtype. So we're like, what do you in mean this subtype? You mean my wing? wing. Whatever. Okay. My wing. My major, my yeah. minor. My, you yeah. Know. I've yeah, got yeah. my major subtype and my subtype. So my wing. I don't know if I'm a six or if I'm an eight. Still. Okay. And I've actually done quite a bit of recon on this because yes. now I'm feeling Difficult. fairly obsessed. Mm-hmm. So I get this message. It's like, that I'm also happen. a seven. I also don't know my wing. We're in this club. Right. And I said, you know, I love this and also kind of hate that there's this thing that Mm -hmm. it's so spot on. The more that I'm looking into it, the more it creeps me out Mm. that I think that I'm this individual person and yet I am a dot on a graph and totally figured Mm. out by this thing. Kind of, right? So then Mm -hmm. she messages me back and she says, that's very eight of you. I was just going to say that feels very (laughs) eight of you. Yes, that's very eight. Uh Which was the most in my, I was already in my head about it. And then I'm thinking I'm this free thinker. And then she's like, turns out that's actually really on par with an eight thing. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in deep on this and I've been doing recon on you and I on Uh threes and sevens. Have you done recon on you and me? Only when I listen to the book, The Path Between Us. I like, how are you in relationships with threes? Like, how do they, Yeah, whatever. That's all that I, you know, I haven't like done more research on that. Oh God. I'm going to send you this. I also wasn't fully convinced you were a seven. Oh, wow. Like I I felt like you were a seven, but I, but I didn't know if you were a seven socially, cause yeah, I feel like you are, but then I also feel like you're, you have three in you, like you're a high achiever, yeah. you know, I didn't see eight in you at all because I don't feel like you're con- confrontational, but there are little, like how you said, well, I don't remember. I was reading things you're like, yep, competitive. Is, yeah, competitive. competitive and stuff. But the thing people have guessed that I'm an eight before because I, I, of my just nature, but someone said when I was first listening to it, eights are the only any number on the Instagram that don't like, they don't like being called an eight. They don't like, they don't like taking the quiz. They don't like figuring out because they don't want to be pigeonholed. Like, don't put me in that category. You know, mm-hmm. I'm free, but it goes back to their root fear of being controlled. Like I don't want to be, you know, reduced to a number or whatever. So when you said that, I was like, oh, that is very eight. That's very eight. And in work, I am very confrontational. I think that there's just different mm-hmm, environments mm-hmm. that bring out different parts of you. Yeah. I mean, as a manager, you have to be. Yes. You know? There's yeah, just right. certain things you have to do. But anyway, so I just wanted you to know that I'm deep diving into our relationship from this Enneagram standpoint, and we have things we need to talk through. Okay, good. There are, I mean, there are things that are that we already know. Like mm-hmm. it actually, this one website that I'm going to send you is like sevens and threes. You can't match more an, of an electric pair. Oh, but then there's warnings too okay, okay, that okay. with all that electricity there could be a power outage. Combust- it could be Chernobyl is that what Shit. it could be <laughs> it could be Chernobyl. it could be the worst disaster <laughs> in history right yeah so no, let's we're but that's hot. why the Enneagram is so key because once you <sighs> know about these things like honestly I think a lot of my depression I don't know that I had clinical depression. I never had to, I was never on medicine for it or anything. I think it was manifested in my brain. And, um, now that I know as much about a three, I realize why I had the kind of depression I had where I felt worthless. I felt like my life didn't matter because I felt like I wasn't a comp, like I kept trying to accomplish or like climb this success ladder. And it just felt like it was never good enough. And I was so hard Mm -hmm. on myself. And if I would have known that I was an Enneagram three, I think I would have been easier on myself. I don't know. It, 
there is something about being educated where we can avoid this combustion calling, I think, now that we are yeah. in the know. We need to put up safety protocols. I do we not know. I've thought about signs. what is Chris? I don't know. He needs to take the test out right away. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Right after we're done <laughs> with this, I'm handcuffing him to the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know. I can't a lot. I don't know his deepest fears. I mm-hmm. don't know his deepest fears. And mm-hmm. I've been living under a roof with him for how long? Well, the thing I mean, is, is these are rooted in childhood. So his deepest fears could also be things that don't really affect him as much as an adult. Like he could have been helped, right. you know, and I feel like it makes sense when you learn about why someone becomes a seven or becomes a three, like about their childhood. So it might not really elicit like John's an eight, but I, he's not a very strong eight to me. Like, yeah. And I didn't know his deepest fears either. Now that I know it makes sense, like he really doesn't like being controlled and stuff, but it could be that Chris has, you know, when, when you're successful, when you are not under stress or whatever, you gravitate towards a positive side of another number. So he might be showing you another number and throwing you all off, you know, who even knows? Yeah. Cause it's your, it's your childhood. It's your develop, how you develop. So yeah. But uh, John didn't want to take the test. He refused, which actually makes sense because he's an eight because <laughs> they're like, no, don't. Pitch so I just read him the fears. And then I was like, what resonates with you? And then we went down in order of like, OK, this is yeah. the most. And then this, and that's how we decided eight wing nine. So he still did it, but just he didn't feel like he was doing it. Right. I didn't you make him take him. the test because yeah. the test is like there's a whole bunch, you know, there's 70 questions or something. Right. But when I read the because that's how I was able to figure out what I was when it came down to the root fear. Mm-hmm. that's how I determined I was a three, not an eight. The root fear for me is really spot on. Where you don't want to have like, pain. Yeah, yeah, it's very spot on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay, here's another, and we're going to move on, but I'm obsessed with it. I hope Thank other you people became obsessed too. To yeah. I think they did because that episode is being listened to more than any other episode so far. Oh, that's right. It's tr- it's at a trajectory that it will be our most popular episode ever. Well, we'll see. It will top. What What's the most popular right now, Erica? Yep. You can spare it with us. But sh- uh-huh. but this one topped first day listens, right? Yes. So we'll see, though, if like this one, to the one that you guys are listening to right now, tops last one. Because maybe it yeah. isn't, con- it's not maybe. specific things. It's just, we're getting really good. People really like us. Also, Sip Squad, good news. We're bringing Erica back <gasps> yes. in October yeah, yeah. for a special Halloween Halloween. Episode. Yeah. Okay. An- another hangover topic. We have a voicemail from a Sip Squad member. Here we go. All right. Now I feel... Okay. Okay. Back up. I just called about pumping and how it sucks. Clarification. I've been drinking. I've got um, two glasses of wine in. Let's be honest. I'm three glasses of wine in. Um, I just heard Colleen give her product um, recommendations for that, and I feel really stupid and wish I'd heard those two years ago because that would have been awesome. Um, anyways, you guys, I I just wanted I don't know I don't know I don't know I love you. Okay, <laughs> I just want to say. It just what this is, what you think it is, and what it really is, is different. This is a formal invitation to the entire SIP squad that if you listen to our show and you partake in beverages as you're doing it, please leave us a voicemail immediately after. Mm -hmm. We were just talking over on Patreon that Four Loco released a seltzer water with 14% alcohol. Uh 
this is a double dog dare. I'd love for anyone yeah. to drink one of those while you're listening to us. No, and then call one, us and leave us one, voicemail. one. No, that girl just had Four, three drink. glasses of wine, and we've already decided that f- f- wine is generally between 12 and 14% alcohol. So, three glasses of wine, she's basically had three, four locos. Yeah. Wow. She was rolling. I mean, I don't know great. if it's the same because I don't know how tall her pour is, right? And how many ounces are in these four locos. But either have two, four locos, two to three, have two to three, four locos, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I mean, don't kill yourself. Whatever your buzz is, yeah. have a nice buzz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have your third. And let me tell you what else. Get yourself a third love. Oh, oh, whoa. You know what I'm saying, Ash? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't see that one coming, did you? Wow, you nailed that. (laughs) Third love, you guys, is the best new bra. I'm going to tell you why you're going to love it. It has the perfect fit. They use data points generated by millions of women who take their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Are you wanting... <laughs> Ash, over to you. Do I go... <laughs> do I go into the call to action? Jump in at any time here. Call. No. 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 <laughs> okay, listen up. You hop in and you take a Fit Finder quiz, you guys. They are going to give you 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it and they will donate it to a woman in need. This is hands down the most comfortable bra. I took the Fit Finder quiz, bought one when I was pregnant and wore it pretty much every day during my pregnancy. They've got straps that won't slip, tagless labels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tagless labels and no now I'm in. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash sip right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove, spelled out, dot com slash sip for 15% off today. I mean, nailed it. Kind of. All right, Ash. Whoopsies. I mean, we always do. We always nail it. (laughs) Tell me. Okay. We're going to nail this, though. Okay. Tell me what I need to know. You want me to go to learn things first. Okay. I'm feeling a little buzzed. Oh, you are? Great. Great. That's my fave. All right, guys. So it's back to school time. I know a lot of states started already. I'm going to give you the link to the, I'm about to read something and I'm going to give you the link to this in our show notes so you can hear it and read it and whatever. But I found a couple things on social media and I feel like they're great little traditions to include as part of your back to school tradition with your kiddos. One of them is a letter that our our favorite, we've talked about her before, but Glennon Doyle, she's amazing. She's the author of Love Warrior, Carry On Warrior. She's married to Abby Wambach. She's just like a very, uh, she's my favorite. If you're not following her on social, Colin, I both love her. Love but her. So intelligent. Is, oh yeah. my gosh. And you guys will get that in this letter. Okay. So here's a letter that she wrote to her son. And I saw it on social media this week as someone that I follow has now incorporated incorporated it into their first day of school thing. So here's the letter. I'm going to read it to you. And this is what you would read to your kid. Hey, baby. Tomorrow is a big day. Third grade. Wow. Chase, when I was in third grade, there was a little boy in my class named Adam. Adam looked a little different and he wore funny clothes and sometimes he even smelled a little bit. Adam didn't smile. He hung his head low and he never looked at anyone at all. Adam never did his homework. I don't think his parents reminded him like yours do. The other kids teased Adam a lot. Whenever they did, his head hung lower and lower and lower. 
I never teased him, but I never told the other kids to stop either. And I never talked to Adam, not once. I never invited him to sit with me at lunch or to play with me at recess. Instead, he sat and played by himself. He must have been very lonely. I still think about Adam every day. I wonder if Adam remembers me. Probably not. I bet if I'd asked him to play just once, he'd still remember me. I think God puts people in our lives as gifts to us. The children in your class this year, they are some of God's gifts to you. So please treat each one like a gift from God, every single one. Baby, if you see a child being left out or hurt or teased, a little part of your heart will hurt a little. Your daddy and I want you to trust that heartache. Your whole life, we want you to notice and trust your heartache. That heartache is called compassion, and it is God's signal to you to do something. It is God saying, Chase, wake up. One of my babies is hurting. Do something to help. Whenever you feel compassion, be thrilled. It means God is speaking to you, and that is magic. It means he trusts you, and he needs you. Sometimes the magic of compassion will make you step into the middle of a bad situation right away. Compassion might lead you to tell a teaser to stop it and then ask the tease kid to play. You might invite a left out kid to sit next to you at lunch. You might choose a kid for your team first who usually gets chosen last. These things will be hard to do, but you can do hard things. Sometimes you will feel compassion, but you won't step in right away. And that's okay too. You might choose instead to tell your teacher and then tell us. We are on your team. We're on your whole class's team. Asking for help for someone who is hurting is not tattling. It is doing the right thing. If someone in your class needs help, please tell me, baby. We will make a plan to help together. When God speaks to you by making your heart hurt for another, by giving you compassion, just do something. Please do not ignore God whispering to you. I so wish I had not ignored God when he spoke to me about Adam. I remember him trying. I remember feeling compassion, but I chose fear over compassion. I wish I hadn't. Adam could have used a friend and I could have too. Chase, we do not care if you're the smartest or fastest or coolest or funniest. There will be lots of contests at school and we don't care if you win a single one of them. We don't care if you get straight A's. We don't care if the girls think you're cute or whether you're picked first or last for kickball at recess. We don't care if you're your teacher's favorite or not. We don't care if you have the best clothes or most Pokemon cards or coolest gadgets. We just don't care. We don't send you to school to become the best at anything at all. We already love you as much as we possibly could. You do not have to earn our love or pride and you can't lose it. That's done. We send you to school to practice being brave and kind. Kind people are brave people because brave is not a feeling that you should wait for. It is a decision. It is a decision that compassion is more important than fear, than fitting in, than following the crowd. Trust me, baby, it is. It is more important. Don't try to be the best this year, honey. Just be grateful and kind and brave. That's all you ever need to be. Take care of those classmates of yours and your teacher too. You belong to each other. You are one lucky boy with all these new gifts to unwrap this year. I love you so much that my heart might explode. Enjoy and cherish your gifts. And thank you for being my favorite gift of all time. Love, Mama. And then oh she asterisks and she says, I know I feel teary. Each year, people ask my permission to substitute their child's name for Chase's and read this letter together the night before school. Yes. Others ask if they might change the word God to their family's name for love and read it that way. Of course. This letter belongs to all of us. 
I'd be honored if you took it and made it work for your family. Heck, tell them you wrote it. I'm always picking up pre-made grocery buffet food, throwing it into a casserole dish, placing it triumphantly on the table, and then stepping back and smiling as humbly as possible in the wake of such triumph. Same, same. Love, Glennon. I love her. <sighs> I just She's the best. love her. I finished yeah. Love Warrior this morning on my walk. Mm. Like, I just... That letter is so beautiful. Isn't it? It, like, just hits to the mm. core of mm-hmm. what it really means to be a parent what's important as a parent what's important like setting an example like training teaching children to have compassion to be kind Mm -hmm. to be brave to stick up for one another to notice the people around them it's so beautiful i love it she's like all these new gifts to unwrap this year like all her little classmates oh it's so cool yeah anyway so i will as I said, the link will be in the show notes for you. I plan on incorporating this into Rev and I's yeah. little routine when she gets to that point. But I wanted to share it with you guys because it was really powerful when I saw it this week. I hope that I can. Can I set a reminder in my phone for like four years from now? I know, right? Yeah, like, how probably. do I remember yeah. to use this? Because I for want men. it so badly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a hard ride. Buckle in, yeah. folks. We are <laughs> yeah. taking a turn here. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I thought I would share tips for our SIP squad in the workplace. So I, love I was going to come up with a top 10 list and I came up with 11 and that's my lucky number anyway. So I Oh, it, it. is? Ooh, yes. Good. So okay. I'm going to um, go through these here and uh, we're going to just cruise through all 11 of them. So number one call tip. This is, I thought about it from like resume, putting together a resume through the interview to getting the job and what you do in your career. On your resume, a lot of people put what they did. They put facts. I did, I was a waitress from whatever year to whatever year. A lot of people don't think about what are you trying to communicate? What's the impact? What did you actually do? How did you make the company better? So I challenge all of you on your resume, not to just not to just put what you did, but what was the impact of what you did? Mm. Okay. Tip number two. Do you two. have like an example that you could read or like, you know, instead of like what achieved, you know, 10,000 points in revenue or something like what could you say instead? Yeah. So you can like narrate it a little bit more, right? So like, let's say one of your competencies was to, you had a quota that you hit, right? right, Or whatever. But what does that really mean? In my industry, and without saying where I work, it is by hitting this quota, I helped students around the world like X, Y, Z, right? Like, so you can just actually add some more words than you think you can in your resume. Be concise, right. be short, be impactful with your words, but describe like what does okay. that mean? Love it. Right? Because you're sitting in front of somebody who doesn't know you from Adam. They're talking to a number of different candidates that day. What sets you apart? Like how did you make your company better? Right. Right? Or how did you make the world better? How, did, how are you a better teammate? Like what does it mean on your resume? tell them. And then I would also practice like talking through that to yourself. Like what have I done that's made a difference so that you have your points down going into an interview, which leads me to number two, interview prep. I actually spoke with a good friend today who works at a major sportswear Mm. company. She interviews thousands of people. And I asked her today, I picked her brain over lunch of where do a lot of candidates tend to fall short? 
what's the biggest mistakes that people make. I combined that with experience that I have interviewing candidates. And here's what we came up with for interview prep and in the interview. For interview prep, don't just think about how you're going to answer curveballs. Not a lot of people are going to throw you curveballs, right? But think about the role. What are you interviewing for? What are the competencies mm. and needs for that role? And then how does your experience align with that? So that's really where you should focus your interview prep. Definitely research who you're going to be interviewing with. With LinkedIn, that is so mm. easy to do. And show that person that you've done your homework. Like, hey, I see that you're an Oregon Duck fan. I went to school there too. It's all about building those connections and becoming someone that's memorable, especially if that person is talking with a number mm -hmm. of candidates that day. So just think about the needs of that role, how you position your experience against that, and then bring specific examples to back up your points, right? Make sure that your answer answers are crisp with those as well. In the interview, this is tip number three, listen, ask questions, be engaging. So if they are telling you something, you can prove that you're listening by recapping it to them. Oh, I understand, you know what you're saying, right? You're oh my drunk. God. I'm Are you getting really, drunk? Like, I'm like no. super buzzed. Okay, Chad. No, leave in the buzzness. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. In, <laughs> in the interview, listen to what they're saying to you. Okay. You want to make sure that you are listening so that you can engage throughout mm -hmm. the interview as much as possible. Have good questions prepared and ask questions throughout. Questions are easier to ask if you are actually listening in the interview. A huge mistake that I see candidates make is we'll get all the way to the end and I'll ask them if they have questions and they say, no, I think you mm -hmm. answered them as we talked or whatever. It shows me that you haven't yeah. really thought through this. Like you should come with several questions. If you're really interested in this role, if you're really interested in the company, in the team, in the experience, you should have a lot of questions about yeah. what you're diving into. So I would say prepare 10 questions. That way, if things really do get answered as you're talking, you still have a couple and ask yeah. no more than five because you don't want to <laughs> yeah. be just extending the interview out way longer than it needs to be. But don't play hard to get, play to win. Play to win, be passionate about the industry, be passionate about what you're talking about. If you really are interviewing with other people, you can have the decision when to pull out. But if someone's not passionate about it and you're talking to mm -hmm. them, it's a big turnoff. So don't think that that's a strategy that is going to get people like running after you. It just won't. Okay, tip number four. As soon as you're done with the interview, thoughtful, prompt follow-up is key. Like same day. So if you're thinking about, especially if you're interviewing like in a panel or in person with a couple other people, they are going to be talking about each candidate as they leave. They will definitely recap the day and follow up is a part of that. You do not want to be the person who hasn't sent follow up yet. It is a great opportunity to dememonstrate again, listening skills things that you enjoyed about the interview, mm -hmm. that you can write, <laughs> that you can communicate effectively, and that you're prompt. You know, especially if you're interviewing for a role where email is important, demonstrating that you're on top of your game and sending an email right away is critical. Okay, you get the job. Congratulations. Let's talk about a few more tips of in the workplace and really raising your stock in your current company. I think a lot of women 
tend to make to-do lists and checklists of things to do. And we start our day and we just, I, I definitely do this. We go through our to-do list. Take a step back and think about your value. What do you really bring to your company? What is you, What are you excellent at? And then what projects can you take on or what can you do to bring match your value with your role and have effective days versus mm-hmm. just a to-do list day, right? So sometimes to-do lists are effective. I mean, they definitely are a way to get through a day. But I challenge you, women, really think about your value, right? And how do you incorporate that and bring that to your company more? Clothes. I love cute clothes. I love fun clothes. Whatever you're wearing, make sure that it's comfortable. This is some of the best Mm. advice that I've ever gotten. And what I mean by comfortable is not frumpy. But if you are fidgeting with your clothes, if there's things that don't fit right, if your shoes are uncomfortable, if you're tugging and pulling, that can really Mm. hinder your confidence subconsciously. And so I say every day, no matter what job you're in, whatever environment you're in, wear clothes that you can be you Mm. and not be pulling and tugging all the time. In meetings as women, we often get asked to take notes or, hey, you have good handwriting. Can you go up and write this on the board or whatever? Decline those. Or if you're not comfortable declining in public, ask your boss like, hey, can you delegate these to other people? This happens a lot for women. And what happens when we agree to take notes or we are the ones up writing things, we are not able to engage Mm -hmm. as well in the meetings. So people are not hearing our voice as much. It hinders us in meetings. And so I think that is a huge thing that we need to stop because it's very rare that men are asked to do that. How do you decline? Have you declined before? I have. Yeah. And I I have done it personally in a one-on-one where I will say, I'll agree to do it, but then I'll bring it up and say, hey, you know, I'd really like to participate. And this is something that I'm working on. I want to make sure that my voice is heard and I'm speaking up. And when I'm taking notes, it hinders that. And I find that I get asked to do that a lot because my handwriting is really great. (laughs) You know, and I kind of make light of it. But so you don't, you know, decline I, I, it like I in don't the room, want to be asked like to do this going forward. No, I, I think I'd rather not or something. But you do it after. You could say, actually, I came to this meeting with a lot of ideas that I want to share. Yeah, Is it possible right, someone else okay. could take notes? You know, there's, you know, mm-hmm. just say it in a way that softens it a little bit. Language tip number eight: We can discredit ourselves very easily with things like "I think," "I might," "I'm so sorry," "This slipped through mm. the cracks." And we discredit ourselves very, very quickly with language like that. Do not say you're sorry unless you really screwed up. If you really screwed up, say you're sorry and say it one time. Say it like you mean it and do not revisit it, especially in writing. But really think about the words you're using. Be direct. Wait, before you move on, mm-hmm. on that point, I have some notes that I'm taking, but on this, just on this yeah. point really quick, one of the ways that I found myself doing that, and I think as women is a really quick way that you're saying I'm sorry, is when you pop into your manager's office and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, do you have a sec? You know, you don't have to apologize every time you Never. pop into someone's office or ever and be like, hey, sorry to bug you. Do you have a sec? Or like, I just want to, exactly. you know, leave out, off the I'm sorry when you're doing those drive-bys or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, Point number nine, be concise and to the point with your emails. Five sentences or less is a great strategy. People don't have time to read paragraphs and paragraphs, and it will slow you down. It it will hinder your ability to work efficiently and for people to take you as seriously as you deserve. So learn how to shorten your emails. Tip number 10, 
Call your boss or manager and communicate often. I, for whatever reason, this was something I learned the hard way. I had a few managers. I was just scared to pick up the phone and call them. And I was working in remote environments. I like wigged myself out over what I was going to say. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Now that I'm in a management position, I find that that is something that's really important to me, that I am able to communicate often with people on my team. And if you don't, it leaves the person who is managing you to guess or wonder. And mm-hmm. typically, people guessing or wondering how you're doing, you might not be highlighting all the wonderful things that you're doing. And it's not about bragging. It's just about communicating often so that your boss knows how good you are and so that you're being seen. And that is really important. Last tip, rise above the drama. In any workplace, there's going to be drama. There's going to be people who don't get along. There is nothing more frustrating to people in leadership positions than having to sort out people who don't like each other. It is exhausting. It takes a ton of time. Unless an issue is like really, really, really serious and you really have not been able to work through it directly, that's one thing. But the petty stuff, you'd be amazed how often and how much time gets spent on that kind of stuff. So when you can communicate directly, it's okay to loop your boss in after like, hey, this came up. I've communicated with this person, so it's on their radar. No action needed. I just wanted you to know about this. But don't get swept up in it, really. Like nine times out of 10, it's nothing that really you should be worried about anyway. And it's just an energy suck. It's not an important part of your life in the big scheme of things. It's a lot better to just let things go and pick your battles very wisely in work environments. You don't want to be labeled as the dramatic person who's stirring Mm -hmm. up shit in your workplace. One of the things that I always say, if I do get hot under the collar, if it's been a long day, if I find myself, you know, picking up calls with a bad tone or emailing in a clipped way is respond, don't react, or just take a, take a break. Mm-hmm. Take a half hour, do what you need to do to come back in a better workspace um, because it's just not going to help you in your career. That is what you need to know. Okay. I have a couple other things just to add on. To those, as you were talking, Colleen knows this world way better than I do because she has been on both sides of the interview um, thing and is, you know, she's been an employee and a manager. And But I just wanted to give a couple things. So one of your tips was play to win, which I love. And I wanted to give an example of one time right after I was graduating college, I was interviewing with a bunch of different places. And Nike was kind of always my dream, but there was a receptionist job that I was like, Mm, I don't know about that, you know? And so I kind of showed up to the interview, like lackluster, like you said, with not that much passion. And I got, I think four or five job offers from every other interview that I did. And I got, they declined me at Nike. And I remember making the decision right then that I will never leave it in their hands again. Like Mm -hmm. I will all, cause I was like, I don't know if I want it. But then when I didn't get it, I was like, what, you know, like what if I, that made, took away the choice. I took away the choice. So always, always like Colleen said, play to win. Even if you're not sure if you want the job, use it as practice for like your best interview ever then. I heard a tip, come up with like five or six scenarios of things that you've done well in your career. And you can kind of apply those in different ways to the questions that they're going to ask. So have like a solid five or six solid wins that you've done, and then you can tweak them to the questions. 
when you were talking about emails, I remember reading a thing on Yahoo and it's a very minor thing. Keep them short and concise. Yes. But I remember it saying being formal. So address, hi, Craig, you know, and then Mm -hmm. leave your name at the end instead of just replying or whatever and not having any of the formalities. Small things, but I think that's a, a big thing. That was it. So just a couple yeah, little absolutely. things I wanted to add in. Yeah. Okay. And then the uh, the other thing that I wanted to share with you guys for what you need to know is another thing I saw on Instagram, back to school. And this is what you can ask your kids when they come home from their first day of school. The two most important things I ask my kid after school. One, tell me a story about something nice you did for someone. Aww. And two, tell me a story about someone being kind to you. And maybe, you know, you say that on the first day or second day, or maybe that's a weekly question, you know, but I thought it was a really cool way instead of like, oh, what'd you do at school today? Or like, you know, what was your favorite subject? Or what did you learn today? Going back to like being a good human and realizing other people are good humans too or whatever. I don't know. I like that. that. So practice, like it's a very simple question that reinforces that letter. What a good tie-in. I love that. Yeah. We just got to take care of each other. And- let me tell you who else is going to take care of you, guys. Care of. Care of. The subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. How are they customized, you ask? Well, <laughs> they have an online quiz that asks you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. It takes five minutes to complete, and then it spits out your personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendation. And it's cool because you can answer, I mean, the questions are easy, like how much sleep are you getting? Are you looking for more energy? Do you need help with, you know, weight management or whatever? I just switched mine to include, um, because now that I'm pregnant, prenatal vitamins gave me omega, some fish oil or something in there, and also a digestive support because that's what I'm needing right now. So it can change as you need to change. Mm -hmm. It can be so hard to know what vitamins and supplements you should be taking. Care of makes it easy to find out exactly what you need to be your healthiest. You can modify it at any time if your needs or preferences change. They got vegan and vegetarian options too. So if you guys want to check it out and you do, you want to go and get what? Yeah, everyone does. It honestly is amazing. I really do love it. So for 25% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter SIP. That's 25% off your first care of order by going to takecareof.com and entering SIP as your checkout code. Boom, boom. All right. Hey. It's been a minute. Sip. Let's give some two sips. We haven't done this segment in a while. We do it on Patreon yeah. all the time. Go to – you guys sign up for Patreon. Oh Just hang out with I'm us so on Fridays. Sick of it's you the not freaking coolest. It. I'm so, so sick of – It's so fun same. over there. Patreon.com slash you can sip yep. with us. Get your Friday episodes. It'll weave into iTunes. But we have – sippers that need us Ash. okay i'm here for um it. and we're gonna get to it hold up one sec let me pull up the first hold one. up wait a minute guys this beer is really okay. getting really good this is the best subject line because this person is clearly on patreon because we talked about what do we call our patreon mm-hmm. crew we landed on soul sister but we so the subject soul line is soul sister si- double fister soul sister vip sip soul sipper soul sipper so she wrote soul sister Double fister yeah. sister. In yeah, Dipset. she knows. So yeah. anyway, close, close. Hey, soul sisters, please keep this anonymous. 
I recently started a new job and one of my male coworkers my age and I clicked immediately. He feels like a longtime friend. He asks me relationship advice based off my five-year marriage and his lack of commitment to his five-year girlfriend. However, my hubs and I are trying to raise a toddler, Revy's age, and life feels really hard right now. I feel like we are great parental partners and that's about it. I feel like if I open up about our struggles to our coworker, then it's a betrayal to my husband. This also seems like it could be a slippery slope. Thoughts? Sincerely, the mysterious author. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think you need to open up about your marital troubles to this guy that you just met, this coworker. I feel like just because you think, you know, he's your, you know, long feels like a longtime friend, you kind of don't know who you trust yet at work. Like if you're just new, yeah. you don't know who you trust. It's not somebody that's guaranteed a safe zone. I also don't think he needs to know. I mean, if he's in a five year relationship, he doesn't even have kids yet. He doesn't know that marriage gets really hard when you have kids. Like that's not even in his wheelhouse of thoughts right now. He's probably not even thinking about kids at the moment. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I don't think I don't think you necessarily need to talk about it. I don't think you need to rant and rave and be like, yeah, you know, marriage is the best and you got to get married. You can be honest without really doing a deep dive into your marriage issues. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I think male coworker friendships with females is important. So slippery slope stuff, okay, careful, sure, but like I think in general women miss out on a lot of mentor opportunities because there's this assumption that, oh, if a woman and a man are friends at work, clearly they're sleeping together. So I think it takes having positive coworkers that are male to dispel that. And then with this though, you've got to work to making sure that it is just a coworker relationship. Like you can be friends and not to Ashley's point, not be telling him about your marital issues. Like you can talk about work things and not be confiding in the deepest parts of yeah. your heart that you're not talking to your husband about. Like you can have it both ways. You just have to choose to and keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have a professional friendship mm-hmm. and you yeah. should. But yeah, your husband, it sounds like you need to have a serious talk with your mm-hmm. husband though, because it does sound like you're vulnerable and you're in a position that could be compromised, not just with him, but really with other guys, it sounds like. So you need to prioritize your marriage. Wait, I didn't read that. So when she said slippery slope, you read like... Like maybe there could be feelings developed or oh. like she's kind of building yeah. a relationship that's more than just a coworker, you know, because her husband mm. right now, they're just in parental figures, but not much else. So it feels like there's a mm-hmm. void in her marriage that potentially she's feeling like could be filled through this male friendship no. at work. Then you need to cut the, I would say, yes, male friendships are important, but if it's filling a need that really your husband needs to fill, right. that cannot then that is not, no, yeah. then yes, there should be a separation there until you fill that need with your husband because yes. that's... Yeah. Yep. I didn't get that from her note, but interesting because that could be absolutely what she meant. Yeah. So. So prioritize your I marriage. I think it matters your intentions. Yes, exactly. And his too. His too. Because mm-hmm. he's confiding in her about his girlfriend stuff, which has he talked to his girlfriend? He should. Right. You know, it's one thing to like ask yeah. for a female perspective. It's another person to be, it's another thing to be the go-to person for that kind of stuff. Yeah. His girlfriend I should remember, be the go-to person for that. Yeah. When I started my last role at Nike, 
I started the guy that was training me um, was this guy named Sam and I freaking love Sam so much. We were like, and I thought, Oh, are people going to be talking about us? Because we would laugh our asses off. Like we had so much fun. He was like the, ba- I would sit in his cube instead of like sitting in my, I would sit in his cube so that he could train me. And we just laugh our asses off. We lived in it or worked in an open work environment. And I really liked him, but I made sure to talk to John about him. Mm-hmm. I made sure that as soon as I could, they could meet him. I showed him, you know, when I saw Sam on social media, I would talk to John about Sam's life. Like he was, I think he, he was engaged and then he got married and then he had two kids. Like I wanted John to know because I do think that it's not cool. Like having male working relationships is important and good. But I don't think that if it's a, someone that you really like and you're spending a lot of time with, like I spent all day with Sam, basically, it was just the two of us doing this job that your partner should know. And if you're going to be like going to lunch with Sam or going to happy hour with whoever your version of Sam is, you know, like your partner needs to know them. Yep. I think before you can really do, I don't know, just out of respect for them, I wouldn't have gone out to lunch with Sam like, you know, you can have a working lunch in your cube or whatever, or something like that, but not like I wouldn't have gone off campus and had a lunch with just Sam and I without yeah. John knowing who knowing Sam, you know, 100 percent. Yep. Anyway, it's to- total tangent. But. Intentions and respect and no, a relevant mm-hmm. tangent. Anyway. OK, next. Here we go. Allison from Kansas City. Man, I started dialing and I got a little nervous because you guys are seriously like celebrities in my world. Mm. So thanks for being so cool. I am a bit sip. Uh, actually, I Woo! don't remember if that's what you girls finally decided to call the Patreon listeners, <laughs> but I'm also on the Tuesday Sip Squad. You guys are seriously the best. Anywho, I use your two sips. I'm getting married in October, and the topic of joint bank accounts has come up. My fiance said he honestly doesn't care and is down with whatever. I want to join to make it easier to manage our finances. However, I'm an independent woman with my own full-time job and feel like if my mani petties, target trips, and things I do for me come out of our account, that it just isn't fair to him because he rarely spends money on things for himself. Now, he mm. truly has never and would never say a word about things I spend my spend any money on, and he just wants me to have all the things that make me happy. He's seriously the best. This is all my own guilt, and I feel like giving up my bank account is more than just a more than just about the money. I've worked so hard to get to where I am in my career and take pride in my earnings. Um, but is that super selfish of me? Just trying to figure out what to do, and I'd love your two sips. Thanks for being cool. Love you, girl. Money, money, money gets oh, tricky, gosh. tricky, tricky. This is hard. And I don't think there is a right or wrong answer on this one. No. There are, you know, a hundred couples. Well, maybe a hundred. Maybe there's not that many ways to do money. Okay, there's 10 couples and all of them do it differently and it works for them. You know, you just got to find the thing that works for you. I don't, I mean, I can say what John and I have done over the years, but I don't know what the right answer is. Do you have like a... The right answer is whatever works for you two. Whatever you two feel comfortable with. And I will say just because you're getting married doesn't mean you have to necessarily combine things right? Mm -hmm. So it is perfectly okay. I know of many marriages where they have like a joint account and then they each have their separate accounts and they like do, I mean, it's really whatever is going to work for you two. And you can think outside of the box, whatever you both feel comfortable with. She said it was her fiance, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The answer for this is premarital counseling. You should 100% go to premarital counseling and make this a topic and have a third party where you talk openly about 
your situation, any kind of fears or concerns that you have with money and hash it all out now. Mm-hmm. Because even though it seems like right now it's totally manageable and not at a boiling point, these things can get dicey in relationships, yes. in marriages. And you now is an optimal time to talk through it and even just Google like I don't know, marriage finance solutions or something. I think I'm sure there's tons of ideas on the internet mm-hmm. or ways like ultimately we want to get here, but we're going to ease into it, you know, starting here and this is going to be our journey. But premarital counseling is awesome for things like this. So I would yeah. definitely go to somebody who also can talk and give financial advice to. There are counselors like that that will do premarital and also have like a finance specialty as well. So that's yeah. my advice. Yeah, I've I've heard of a bunch of different solutions where like some couples like he pays for mortgage, she pays for all the other bills or they each they decide what their, you know, monthly expenditures are. They put that in a joint account and then they have their play money on their uh, you know, on the side so you do have a joint account that X amount goes in there every month and then whatever is left over is yours so you don't have to feel guilty about the things that you want to do and then he can save up his rainy day fund if he doesn't spend money. We are now, we are 100% joint and it does, it is very easy. It makes things very easy, but that was a, you know, rocky road and stuff like that getting to the point. So yeah, I think it's, uh, premarital counseling is a great idea. Having someone help you playing around with things because you can also change, right? Like what you do now might not be what you do five years from now or whatever. So things can shift too. I don't know. There's just, I don't know. Yeah. You got to do your own research, which premarital counselor would really help. I think with that, with you guys figuring out what feels right for you guys. Absolutely. Do we have time for one more? Do you think? Yeah. All right. Here's the last one. Man, this hey, is Ash flying and by. Cole. Hey, here, subject. These are all patrons today. Fellow patron looking for your feedback. Hey, Ash and Call, looking for your two sips uh, for a mother-in-law quote unquote situation. Mm. Just recently, we got a new camera monitor for our toddler daughter's room. This is one you can view with a phone app. They shared the camera with the mother-in-law because she comes over weekly to watch the kiddo. Last week while I was home, she group messaged my husband and I and said, I saw the little one in her room, but then she walked out. Is she eating lunch? Um, what? I texted back, freaked out, and responded, yes, she's eating lunch, and then asked if her phone alerts her if there's movement. I'm home-based, so... I am the home-based phone, so mine does. She tells me, no, I was just checking in on her and saw she was reading and walked out. Then I got pissed. I proceeded to tell her that I'll be turning off the camera when my child is not sleeping in there because sometimes I forget. This is a long email. How many times has she done this? This is all in caps. Shortly after that, I called my mother-in-law, told her I was very uncomfortable with what she was doing and that I felt like it was an invasion of privacy. What do you ladies think? I'm half tempted to go back to the monitoring monitoring system that stays at home and is not hooked up to a phone app, even though she promises to only use it when she's here. Love to know your two sips on how you'd handle this situation. Would you have felt the same way I did in the moment? There, I skipped over. There was a lot of anger. She was super pissed. Thanks for being <laughs> amazingly transparent on this pod. Love you, ladies. Anxious to hear your feedback. Cheers, your fellow sip sister. Mm. Well, I'm glad that you addressed it with her if you were that angry about it. I've actually thought about this recently because we just switched to um, – we had one where you had to have the monitor and the camera there. And then it broke. And so we had with us the Nest app, which is one of those cell phone ones. 
Um, and we also, mm. with our nanny, have one of those situations down in Arizona. But I had thought about that at other times. Like, I don't know if I want her, if she has the capability to check in on her when she's not right. watching her. Do I, I don't know if I want that. And then I also just thought, so we just shared this with my stepmom. And I thought, I mean, I don't know if I want her. Like, I don't know if I care. And I don't know if I want her checking. Like, it does feel a little bit like an invasion of privacy. I'm not sure why. Like, if, mm -hmm. because I know it's only out of love, right? Like, if, if, cause it's, it's Revy's grandma and she's obsessed with, they're obsessed with each other. So it would be like, I don't know, but it does feel like if you're not in my home and you're not watching her and you don't need to, I don't know if I need you checking in on her. Like, it, I don't know. And I also have like really sweet moments with Revy in there, you know, like I'll, sometimes mm -hmm. I just go in the middle of the night and I just rock her. And I don't know if I need other people knowing that world. Like, yeah. so I can see that it feels like an invasion of privacy. What I would do if I were you just so that you're not having it in the back of your mind is get a monitor that she can use when she's watching her. I would, you know, ch cut off this phone app that she has. You can use it because I, you know, if you like having that on your phone and I like having it so I can check when I'm out of town, I can check on Rev when she's sleeping or whatever. And I get to, and maybe I don't think John feels like it's an invasion of privacy. And I don't care if John sees what I'm doing. You know, right. if he checks when he's out of town, I don't care if he knows that I'm rocking her in the middle of the night sometimes or like I just go in and like stare at her first, you know? Right. But I, so I like to check on her sometimes while I'm gone. And if I know, oh, it's bedtime, like I can see how sweet he is with her or if he's waking her up or whatever, or I can check and be like, oh, she's awake. She's not in there anymore. So I like doing that. I like having it. But for the nanny, we have the one that I use is the, the phone one. But for our nanny, we have the camera and the handheld so that she uses that. And I didn't give her access, you know, outside. And you could do that with your mother-in-law. You could have invest in like, you know, a $60 monitor that when she's watching her, she can see her, but that way she doesn't have access, but you still have that cell phone access one. Mm -hmm. That's probably I what I would do. Yep. I agree. I think in terms of the reaction, you know, cause she's like, was I heavy handed basically with my reaction? I don't know your mother-in-law, so it's hard to say, like, if this mm -hmm. is on par, like, if she's just kind of a, a nosier person. Yeah. But you have to understand, probably her intentions were not to spy on you or to invade. She probably just loves mm -hmm. her grandkid so much. I was like, oh, you know. So I really think, give her the benefit of the doubt, but now draw a boundary because it is yeah. important to you. But I would give her a little bit of grace there because – I can guarantee she's not trying to spy on you yeah, as much good as it's coming from a place yeah. of love. Yeah. I can see probably if it was like John's mom, uh, she would check on her out of love, but I would be like, I would feel the same way. I don't know if I'd be as angry, but I would be like, ugh. No, because sometimes yeah. you go in and you're in your underwear. Totally. You know? Yeah. So not so much anymore not now that Rev's older and she sleeps through the night, but like I'm sure there are times where you go in and your boobs are out, like Ben's, you know, like it's just – whatever yeah, totally as Compromised. when babies are before a year old yeah so i i feel like the like you said she had good intentions and was just like oh i love him or her so much but i would but feel violated i think yes totally yeah. all right well we talked about what you can see with your eyes now let's talk about what you can hear with your ears. ears. It's 2019, folks, and <laughs> everybody needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Is your dad not just obsessed with these? Like, He's obsessed. It's his favorite thing ever. He, yeah. He loves them. 
they're the best. John, John just started using them as well. He's a big fan. Um, and the cool thing is they started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Melissa Etheridge, you know, um, and they're already obsessed. Totally obsessed. They have changed the game. They're so comfortable, so easy to take anywhere. And we've got a deal for you. Oh, yeah. Go to buyraycon.com slash sip to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash sip for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now's the time. Go to buyraycon.com slash sip. Woohoo. All right. You want to rant? Yes, I do. Okay. I went and got a massage the other day. Mm. These are far and few between these days, right? right. You know, getting out of the house. But good doing for something. you. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I uh, set up care. My mom was just lovely enough to come over mm-hmm. and love on Ben while I went and got a massage. Okay. So let me tell you about my massage experience. I go in, I lay down, looking forward to it. I would say 80% of the massage, have you ever gotten the, uh, where they kind of warm up where they're like touching, the blanket is in between your body and their hands Yes, and they kind of like are pressing over the blanket. Yeah. That's fine for a warm up. Right. For 10, 15 seconds. That's not a massage. That was 80% of the massage. Over the blanket? Or that was the petted, (gasps) petted, stroked with the blanket in between us petted with the blanket she kind of like would grab my calves but the blanket was in between us but like I barely got like an actual massage and I should have said something this is actually a rant on myself because I should (laughs) have said hey so could we just like did she ditch the blanket like no she didn't even say like how's the pressure how's the pressure going you do at the end she said thanks for letting me work on you today <laughs> and I laughed I was like oh is this what we're calling it because I really have no idea and then the other thing it was just similar to this getting a manicure right uh-huh. and at the end you're gonna get that nice massage mm-hmm. when they put on gloves to then massage your hands <laughs> have you had that it happens no. all the time here they put on gloves to massage your hand. Maybe it's just my hands. I don't know. But it's the worst feeling to feel lotion, like someone massaging your hands with lotion, but then a glove yeah. on. And I'm okay when they put it on for Pedicure. feet. Yeah, for I get whatever that. reason, my feet, like, I don't know. It's, yeah, like, carry you don't fungus want to be and like, yeah, they got to do that. Feet okay. things I'm around. Down. And also, it still feels good. It still right. feels good. Right. But there's something about the hands that are more sensory with like oh. just a lotiony plastic glove that just feels so icky to yeah. me. Like I would rather just ditch the whole thing. This is just – anyway, so that's my rant. Oh. It was a massive disappointment. Yeah. And uh, I feel better now though talking good. about it. Rant to me, Great. Ash. I've got two. Ooh. You know, they're not, they're not at all the same, but I'm going to do them anyway. All right. So my first rant, because one rant happened today and I thought, oh, that's going to be my rant, but I have another rant too. So we're, we're living downtown, but even if you're not living downtown, like when you're driving downtown or you're driving anywhere and people decide, Hey, there's no crosswalk here. This is a street that people are driving, Mm. you know, minimum 25 miles an hour, but generally usually 35, 40. I'm just going to cross it and I'm going to cross it leisurely at my own Mm. pace. Yes, it's safe for me to start in the, you know, there's no cars here as I'm starting into the road, but 
here we are. Cars are quickly approaching and I am not, I just am not going to pick up my pace. I'm just going to leisurely cross the street and make these cars slow down. And here's the thing. Not only is it annoying to me because I have the right of way, right? But what if I was on my phone or what if I was turning around giving, you know, my kid a juice box or what if I was adjusting the radio and bam, I hit you and you're just going slow as molasses. Now you see it a lot with homeless people because they just, they don't have any fucks to give. Yep. But I've been seeing it this week with just everybody, business, people in business suits, women just coming back with their groceries Mm. crossing the street in front of my car. And I'm driving a huge old truck now. And I just think the chances of you beating this truck are slim to none. The truck's going to win every time. Yeah. And I'm just going to start laying on my horn. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to start telling them to get, I'm going to (laughs) start yelling out my window and flipping them off and stuff. Because I should not have to slow down no. for you to cr- like. I'm fine if you think you can cross the street and you like run. Fine if you make an attempt to like go quickly. I don't. That doesn't bother me as much if you're like okay, Aware. cool. The cars Sense are a block urgency. away. Yeah. I'm hustling. Right. But the slow, leisurely pace, like oh, you're not gonna hit me because yeah. whenever I just think f you, man, knees to chest. Let's get it going. Well, you know what it is? It's that they've got some sort of ego trip. You know, they think that their space in this world is more important than rules, is more important than yours. And we're not laws. We're not having it. We're not having it. We're not having having any of it. No, I'm I'm pissed. You need a siren. You need a siren that you can just sound (laughs) off an alarm. You know, I did actually honk at someone the other day who did that. I was kind of in a pissy mood. I was trying to get across town. I was downtown Portland driving the speed limit the guy uh-huh. didn't even look both ways he just stepped he out just, in front of me and i and granted I it wasn't like a close call but it, the principle of it i laid on my right. horn to make him pay yeah, attention you let him know i said hey, hey you buddy. better look at me look yeah. in my eyes <laughs> yeah wake up here you know <laughs> i've got the power here yes you know? Yeah, I could break every bone in your body with a little with if I tap my foot on the wrong pedal here, bro, yeah. you're dead. I so am the captain out. now. I'm the All captain. Right. I'm the captain. Now. OK, I'm going to rave. So okay. this is sensitive. It feels like I'm bringing up politics, which we don't really do on Tuesdays. We do. But, over we, do on on Patreon. <laughs> but we don't really do it here. This is sensitive. But last night I was had a hankering for Dairy Queen blizzards, which are the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they always have a monthly flavor. I always look up what it is. This month is Snickers and peanut butter. I went <gasps> to collect a what? Sounds great in theory. Oh, oh, as, oh, okay. As I was watching Bachelor in Paradise, the little snicker parts were sticking to the inside. Like, you oh. know, your teeth, mm-hmm, like the middle mm-hmm. part where it kind of caves in. So you're eating oh, yeah. one bite, but then you have to do a lot of follow up work to get that bite down. <laughs> You know how slow I eat. So then to add that on top of it, it's a whole, I was exhausted. I was exhausted Uh a quarter of the way through. I thought, I can't do this. Right. You know? But the good news is it's it's a workout. You know, it's like a twofer there. You're really, yeah. That's a sub rave to the rave (laughs) of, I just need to put it out there that all hail the best blizzard on the planet, which is the Dairy Queen Heath blizzard. And I dare someone to tell me a better blizzard, but it is the Heath. Dairy Queen Blizzard. Second place is you can ask for the chocolate dip sauce just in a blizzard yeah. and they'll mix it all up so it's kind of like soft shell candy yeah. or whatever in the thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, 
but that's my rave. And I should have gotten her last night and I didn't. I ventured out and I paid. You paid the price and paid so did your price. teeth. You had a look on your face though that you were going to Well, because to call I into feel question. like I could Yeah. I'm not sure I'm with you on Queen Queen Heath, Heath Bar. Well, what would you yeah. pick? I've never once ordered a Heath Bar Blizzard. Then you I c- prefer Butterfinger over no. Heath. Yeah. I mean, Butterfinger's Butterf- good. I like to get Butterfinger Oreo, but I can't. Well, now I can. Now that I'm pregnant and have no issue with gluten. But so what I've been doing instead is Butterfinger Reese's. Butterfinger Reese's. I like to yeah, double them up. That's a good combo. Yeah. That's a good combo. That's a good one. Yeah, Reese's good one. is a nice compliment to Heath, too, because then you get the crunchy, but right. you also get the cream. I need to try the Heath one, but I wonder if I could do like Heath and Reese's. The nice thing about the Heath is they give you the Heath toffee bits, but then they also swirl in like chocolate fudge. So it's very different. Oh, decadent. they do? Yeah. Wow. So you're getting right. more bang kind of a for your buck. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wait, that's like me. your that's like your caramel Starbucks tip. Like, oh yeah. Oh, just, just a little, little bit of caramel. Bit of caramel. <laughs> I love that caramel sauce. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, okay. Okay. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. So this occurred just this evening. I was at the store today, okay. and I thought, oh, I was at New Seasons, and I thought, hmm, that cake looks good. They have like sliced cake. You know, yeah. so oh, slices yeah. of cake. Have you watched my stories yet? I did see. Uh, so you, you probably saw what I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. So I got this funfetti cake. And to be honest, it was not, you know, the box funfetti. That shit's the bomb. And I probably would have preferred like a lemon white cake with raspberry in it. But it was fine. But what is the rave here is I have decided now, not that you need a reason to eat these things, but it makes it very fun if as we're doing things, we say... Well, someone's birthday somewhere or, you know, it's my first thought when I was eating that cake was like, well, it's someone's wedding somewhere. And then I thought, well, it's a Wednesday. So maybe it's not, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Maybe it's not someone's wedding, but it's certainly someone's birthday or retirement or like there is something going on. Absolutely. You know, I remember years ago I, I did this post and it was put Bailey's in my coffee because it's Ireland somewhere. And like, you know, it's just like, I think we just start saying shit like that. Just like every, whatever we want, you know, I'm I'm doing this because it's this somewhere. Yeah. I like the birthday one because that's a slam dunk. That one's guaranteed, you know? Yeah. I got some cake, honey, because it's someone's birthday somewhere. Yeah. It's like the, it's five o'clock somewhere as well. But taking that and extending it out and we got to find any reason to celebrate life is what it's about. Guys. Go on. Challenge. Okay. On Instagram. Ooh. I want you guys to story as you're doing these things. Tag us in it. Yeah. We'll, Let's start a movement here. We'll you repost know? all um, of them. Whatever it is. <laughs> Every single like I'm one. Having, oh, here's another one that you could do. Like I'm having any anything and you could say because someone's pregnant somewhere, right? Like Ooh, any sort of treat. Yeah. Like I went and got the blizzard tonight because someone's pregnant somewhere because you know yeah. pregnant people are just craving shit all the time. Just Absolutely. carbs and sugar all the time. Yeah. So it's like someone's pregnant somewhere you know yeah so start getting creative tag us in your shit and we'll we'll share the things wait. on the stories i can't wait let's create a movement this is gonna be wonderful this yeah, is wonderful I know. <laughs> I know. and uh, i don't think we can leave it on any higher note you guys what about what about this oh, one i have this one maybe we can it's your fourth it's your fourth coffee of the day and you say fourth coffee of the day because someone's tired somewhere Ooh, or something you know I like that one. Like, oh yeah like you know yeah. what i mean oh i love it okay great great or like it's oh. your it's your fourth <laughs> it's your fourth <laughs> glass of wine and you go and you say fourth glass of wine because someone's sober somewhere yeah you know great 
So we're just like, we're pouring one out. We're sucking one down. Yeah. We're taking it. We're taking yeah. it for the team here. Uh, you know? You could take a shot of Fireball and be like, because someone's chilly somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, we just got to right. keep it. Do you have any more? Before we close no, this no. down, are we? Do we have approval? Now? I don't know. My brain was just was just um, working. You know, yeah, it's good. You can't you can't slow that momentum. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. that felt good. That, that felt good. good. I'm actually sweating. Like it's very hot in the yeah. room that I'm recording, but also the adrenaline. I'm like drenched yeah. in sweat right now. This was powerful. I have to go hose myself down. We gotta we gotta wrap this yeah. up, guys. We love you. So what could that be? It was like. <laughs> I'm, you know, because someone's uh, camping somewhere. Because someone worked hard somewhere. <laughs> I'm showering. Someone has worked hard somewhere. Someone worked it's hard getting a little there. sloppy. It's getting Whatever. a little loose. Whatever. Send them all. Yeah. Send them all, and we will decide if they're sloppy or not. We're gonna repost every single one, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> single one. Cash back. All right. All, all right. right, guys. Thanks for listening. Come over on we Patreon. Do all Rate, the things. subscribe, review. Uh, yeah. Make out with your partner. Yep. Squeeze their butt. You know, <laughs> do the things. Because someone's lonely somewhere. <laughs> we love someone's you. That's a wrap. Bye. <laughs> Wait, you always do this. Yeah, because I killed it. I might the... drop no. it. Okay, fine. Just That's the sign-off this week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>